0: Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. Welcome to the new year! What? That's right, folks. It is 2024, baby. What? That's right. A new year. New you. New me. New... No, we're not doing a new Nixter news. We're, we're, we're keeping it the same here, baby. No, no changing. No changing as we get closer to year six. That is right. Anyway... Today is January 3rd, 2024, episode 295, that's right baby, 295, 295, 295, um, how y'all doing today, y'all doing good, you have a good New Year's, y'all just get, you guys turn it up for midnight, huh, you, or you turn it in before midnight, what, 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 what did y'all do, but that's wild, that's wild, huh, crazy. Y'all, I mean, we talked bef- after Christmas, before New Year's, so, obviously, a lot going on. Uh, today, today, right, we're gonna talk about my top 10s for 2023, movies, TV, unfortunately we don't have a full 10 for video games, um, yeah, it was, a not a great year for gaming for me, but, not a, not a, not a huge deal, that's okay, that's okay, it happens, it happens, but guess what we're on YouTube now did I say that last week I might have said that last week we are on YouTube now that is right Nixner news is now streaming on YouTube and I hope I hope you guys are enjoying me there but um, wow I had a top 10 for gaming oh I didn't have a top 10 for gaming anyway um, yeah that's uh that's what's going on so what are the top three stories today huh Shigeru Miyamoto has announced he ain't retiring he ain't going nowhere did you really think the king of nintendo was going anywhere no the man is not no surprise there also also let's uh let's talk about the fact that you know universal studios has overtaken walt disney pictures as the highest grossing studio of the year thanks to oppenheimer and the Super Mario Brothers movie. Plus, plus, I'm going to do a review of Aquaman 2. That's right, Aquaman 2. Saw it yesterday, let's talk about it. Otherwise, that's the top three stories. Uh, plus, we're going to do my top tens for the, for 2023. Anyway, don't forget to go to nixnernews.com. Uh, don't forget to sub to us on any of your preferred platforms for listening to the podcast. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio. Like I said, we're on YouTube now. You can listen to the show in your browser right at the website if you guys want. Um, but yeah, go to the website. Follow us on social media. Like I said, we're on. I'm on TikTok, the Nick Tafalco, Instagram, Nickster News, Twitter, Threads, Facebook, Nickster News. Guess what? The YouTube channel is going to be Nickster News as well. What? That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Uh, let's just get to the news, shall we? right, we're back. We're back with what's going on in the gaming world, huh? Well, quite a bit, actually, over the last week. Um, not a whole... Quite a bit and not a whole lot at the same time, right? It's bigger stories, less of them, if 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 um, it's the best way to describe it. Anyway, Sony has announced the PS Plus games for the month of January. They include A Plague Tale Requiem, uh, Evil West, and Nobody Saves the World. Those are your games available to you if you are a subscriber to PS Plus still, um... I have a feeling Sony's been pushing that hard. Uh, I wonder if they're going to keep that actually around now that they have their you know, Game Pass competitor and uh, things like that. So we'll see what happens in the near future with them. Um, so there's that. Christopher Judge has been asked about voicing Kratos uh, in different God of War games. And uh, I guess they asked him... If he would ever voice like a younger Kratos. This was being reported by uh, the Gamer uh, during an event for Streamly. And uh, he said he'd be uninterested. He said, quote, I've never watched any of the scenes from the earlier games because TC is so great. And I thought it would be a disservice to try to voice, match him, or anything. Nor did they ask for it. From the very beginning, it was about making it my own. Unquote. Um, I guess... They didn't, he said he would have said no if Santa Monica Studio had asked him to work off T.C. Carson's portrayal. And, um, I guess that was offered, ooh, interesting. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens because there is is a. I'm from my understanding, I haven't played Valhalla yet. Uh, from my understanding, there is a uh, section of, of God of War, Ragnarok, Valhalla's DLC where uh, younger Kratos appears. Um, so there is that. Uh, the S- president of Square Enix has said that... Uh, Jesus, Square Enix, hopping on trends that nobody is really a fan of, right? Remember that they were going to go hard on NFTs. Well, in a New Year's letter that was penned by president of Square Enix, Takashi Kiryu, uh, and sent out to the company... Uh, He said that, uh, quote, potential, uh, hold on, let me find the, he said, quote, in the short term, our goal will be to enhance our development productivity and achieve greater sophistication in our marketing efforts. In the longer term, we hope to leverage those technologies to create new forms of content for consumers as we believe that technological innovation represents business opportunities. Unquote. And that is in terms of AI saying, quote, aggressive in applying AI and other cutting-edge technologies to both our content development and our publishing functions. Unquote. So, look, I, I don't know how well AI will work in a situation in creating a game. I mean, we've seen it already kind of in high in life, high-on life where they use some art, for for it and and I just I don't know if that's a wise move. Right Square Enix they have they have plenty of good games. They don't need to hop onto these gimmicks and stuff and and I I'm not sure why the push is there for it. It it's not I don't like I said I don't understand. They have Final Fantasy, they have Kingdom Hearts. They have uh, several other games that they don't need to push into this market for it's very interesting for them to yeah I get it they want to be on the cutting edge and things like that but at the same time it's like if you don't need to why right if it ain't broke don't fix it also I uh, but you know on on a counterpoint right there's always that saying like change is good and I, I understand both points but change is hard and slow in the video game world and can also backfire immensely so, it, it's a double edged sword that they got to walk. It, it, I personally believe they don't need it. I, again, other people might disagree. Um, this is going to be the first of stories related to this. On January 1st, Steamboat Willie, the original incarnation of Mickey Mouse, uh, and another Disney cartoon from then, then became public domain. Not Mickey Mouse as a whole. Just the Steamboat Willie version of the character. I want to clarify that because not every outlet on the planet is clarifying that information. I'm sure you've already been inundated with memes and jokes about it. Well, several different companies have hopped on that already. In one, that Nightmare Forge Games has already announced a new horror-inspired game called Infestation 88. Um or Infestation Origins. I'm not sure what they're officially calling it. And uh, oh, the game was announced as Infestation '88, has renamed it to Infestation Origins, and it's going to be a new one to four player survival horror co-op game that will um nostalgia with terror. That's that's interesting. It's being developed by PC. Uh, and the developers describe it as, quote, In the year of 1988, what was thought to be an outbreak of rodents in various locations morphed into something far more sinister. Um, unquote. And that's inter. It looks like a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of spin off, But you can pre-order it on Steam. There's already been a few screenshots, and it's got this horrific-looking... Version of Mickey from Steamboat Willie. Uh, Like I said, this is going to be the first of two stories on that today. Anyway, uh, Larian, the developers behind Baldur's Gate 3, have offered up a temporary fix if you are playing Baldur's Gate 3 on Xbox. Because since its launch, uh, just under a month ago, there's been several bugs, including a new uh, deleted save bug that is continuing to persist on the xbox platform so you're, you might get a save wipe so uh, if you uh, some some players not everyone uh it deletes their save when you exit the game uh, microsoft hasn't been able to patch it larian studios has a fix on twitter larian studios acknowledged the bug and said microsoft hasn't been able to fix it yet because less people were working over the holidays but this is what it says as a workaround Create a Larian account at Larian.com. Go to the Options menu from the main menu under Gameplay, Activate Cross Saves, linking Larian and Xbox accounts. And then from now on, your last five saves will automatically be uploaded to the Larian servers. It's important that you do not exit the game before the upload is finished. The upload finished when the message, Syncing Cloud Save, is no longer visible. If the firmware bug occurs, you will need to reactivate the cross-save functionality in the Options screen. This will give you access to the save games that were successfully uploaded. So those are the steps you want to take if you are playing Baldur's Gate on Xbox. I'm going to wait just a little bit uh, until they get that all figured out. So, oh, it's a firmware, per Larian, it says, quote, a firmware issue that causes the game to believe a save was completed when it hasn't been fully committed to the disc. Um, It also plans to increase the number of save games that get uploaded via cloud saves to make this workaround easier for players. Unquote. So, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm sure it will get patched very soon now that the holidays are over and many employees should be returning to work. Um, Star Wars Disney Parks put out a blog recently. Yes, the Disney Parks arm of the company uh, put out a blog in regards to... Upcoming things going on at Disney, right? It happens all the time. Well, buried in that uh, had to do with. Um, let me see. Let's see. It, it has to do with Star Wars Outlaws. So, I'm pulling this up. So, yeah, uh, essentially in this plot, the blog that talked about all new things happening for Disney um, in the year, uh, essentially said, quote, Star Wars Outlaws, the open world Star Wars game, is set to release late this year, unquote. Uh, On and on and on. However, uh, since its initial publishing, Ubisoft has come out to tell various outlets that that was not exactly correct, and now it just says 2024. No late, no soon, no uh, anything beyond... 2024. So there you have it, folks. An update on the release date of Star Wars Outlaws 2024. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, one of our bigger stories today uh, happens to be about Shigeru Miyamoto. We have learned that he has no plans to retire anytime soon. And and no shocker there, right? I mean, the man is, is a genius. He's, he is what what is tantamount to the king of Nintendo. He's the brains behind ev- some of the most major franchises for Nintendo. Zelda, Mario, the man, without him, I don't think Pokemon would have gotten made. Uh, he, he had a, an interview with the Guardian newspaper out of the UK recently. And uh, revealed saying, quote, More so than retiring, I'm thinking about the day I fall over. In this day and age, you have to think about things in a five-year time span. So I do think about who I can pass things on to in case something does happen. I'm really thankful that there is so much energy around things that I have worked on. These are things that have already gone out into the world. They've been cultivated by others. Other people have been raising them, helping them grow. So in that sense, I don't feel too much ownership over them anymore. Unquote. Um, But... Uh, He also said, quote, I don't think of myself as a game designer. I'm about finding unique opportunities for Nintendo. The way things work here is that more so than having a plan and following it, we come across certain things, and from there we try to find our own new path. The movies, the amusement parks, I'm excited to see what kind of organic things result from those, unquote. Uh, He's been with the company over 45 years, of course, created Super Mario, Zelda, Donkey Kong. And while he isn't really in in development anymore, uh, he's kind of doing other things. Um, He also said, quote, I'm still very new to the movie industry and I'm still learning, but I'm trying to read a lot of scripts these days and learn about how they are developed to see how we can create uniquely Nintendo films. Uh, There's a scene in Iron Man where the president goes to his own company and the guard man doesn't let him in, and he points at the portrait and says, that's me. But I really hope that the teams I work with at least. Remember me as the creator of these things. Unquote. Um, He doesn't plan on retiring anytime soon. But again. No shocker there. The man's great. Uh, We learned today. That Jack Black will be voicing Steve. In the upcoming Minecraft movie. Still no release date or anything like that. It's kind of been in development hell for quite a while. With so many different names and actors attached. But. Now we do know for certain uh, that Jack Black will be voicing Steve in the upcoming film. A Tetris record has been broken for the first time in 34 years uh, by a 13-year-old phenom. Yes, someone who hasn't even been alive for half the time since the game has been out. uh, Has beaten what was considered an impossible feat. Uh, He Beat level 157 in the Super Nintendo version of Tetris. 13-year-old uh, phenom Willis Blue Scooty Gibson uh, is the first person to full it off. Um, he hit what is called the quote-unquote final kill screen. Uh, a new video was posted, and um, it's wild. Whoa! Most experts have only reached level 38 before it became impossible to keep up. He's reached a level 157. That's how hard this game is, apparently. People have been playing for 30 plus years and can't get even to level 40. Um, That's that's wild. A lot of new things have come out. Interesting. A new video charts uh, the Tetris community's progress to beating the famously challenging version of the game. But uh, that's nuts. A new technique was introduced in 2021 called Rolling that I help, I guess help them. New records were, were beat in that time since 2021. That's... Um, wow, there's corrupted colors of blocks. You can't even see them. That's crazy. A new record. Took 37 years, and a 13-year-old did it. That's wild. Tetris, man. Still going strong all these years later. Uh, CD Projekt Red has announced they have no intention of selling or being acquired. No surprise there. Uh, There's no reason for them to be acquired. They're a pretty solid independent studio and publisher. Uh, new insiders in uh, the video game industry in Japan expect the Switch 2 or the Super Switch or whatever it, it ends up being called to be released this year. Uh, this is via gamesindustry.biz. Uh, Dr. Serkan Toto, who is a Canton games analyst and a Nintendo expert, uh, he does expect it to release this year and to be valued at a price point of either $400 or just under Uh, Toto wrote, quote, The time is finally here for a Switch successor, even though I can say a Pro model actually did exist, and certain developers were already working with the dev kit. I believe the next hardware will drop next year for $400. There is a high chance that games will cost more to $70. The next system is also likely to be an iteration rather than a revolution. Nintendo might add some bells and whistles to the device but it will be similar to the current Switch, and because there is Pokemon, and Pokemon is associated with handheld gaming, there's no way on Earth Nintendo will drop the portability feature for their next big thing, unquote. Uh, Ampere analysis analyst Piers harding rolls also said that uh, the, mar- the console market to be up marginally, aided by the launch of the next gen Nintendo Switch this year, more than likely in September. Uh, the fall of this year. But. I'm cool with it being an iteration. I don't think Nintendo. Ne- needs to introduce a new 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 thing. Uh, if it's like a super switch. Or something like that. I-, I think that will be just fine. I'll still probably get it. Because Pokemon Gen 10 is expected. I'm sure. Gen Generation 10 of Pokemon. Will either be out in 2025. Mm. Or. Potentially 2026. For yes the 30th. Anniversary of the Pokemon franchise. Um, Twitch has come out again in regards to nudity on the platform, and (laughs) it will now ban implied nudity effective immediately. So, in a new update to sexual content guidelines, it has updated its attire policy this earlier today following uh, the meta in which streamers covered themselves in black sensor bars. Oh, God. Oh, hilarious. In, in a new blog post, <laughs> saying, quote, "...we don't permit streamers to be fully or partially nude, including exposing genitals or buttocks, nor do we permit streamers to imply or suggest that they are fully or partially nude, including but not limited to covering breasts or genitals with objects or sensor bars." We do not permit the visible outline of genitals even when covered. Broadcasting nude or partially nude minors is always prohibited regardless of context. Um that's uh I don't uh, so many things are going on on Twitch right now with all that and I'm so confused. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh final bit of gaming story here before we get to our top 10 in air quotes. Uh Super Smash Brothers creator Masahiro Sakurai, who also created Kirby, fun fact, has reiterated that while he has stepped away from making games so much and is focusing on his uh, gaming YouTube channel, he is still focused on making games, I guess, um, in his latest episode he uh, said quote let me see as for me I'm still creating games for the time being but I'm also making this YouTube channel I'd never done anything like this before starting out so in a way you could say I haven't exactly stayed put either um, unquote I don't does he still work with uh, I don't know if he's still gonna like make I don't know how you make another you know... Smash Brothers from here. I think we've talked about this before. Like, where do you go from Ultimate? Right? I, I don't know. Um, while he did say, quote, I can't imagine Smash Brothers titles without me. Um, and he'd still like to keep working with Nintendo. We don't know what will happen. Um, anyway, I don't know. If you want to keep watching Sakurai, you know, he's on YouTube now. If you want. Anyway... Let's talk about my top 10 video games of 2023. And while I did not play a full 10, this was a different year for me. Uh, I know we didn't have a full 10 last year either. I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to work on on ways to get more games for you guys to play. Well, for you guys to play. For me to review. So you can understand what I'm playing. And offer up chances for you guys to maybe play those games. Anyway... (laughs) So, what were my top 8? Well, top 8. Uh, number 8 is going to be the new Forza Motorsport. Forza Motorsport. Uh, the reason it's 8, I'm surprised. I'm sure you guys are a little surprised because I tend to really enjoy the Forza games, uh, is mainly due to the fact that I got onto that game way too late. I started it very recently and haven't had a lot of time to put into it. And it, it, it sucks that it's been out since October, and I barely started it at the end of December. So that's why it's my number eight. Number seven is High on Life. And while I did enjoy the game at the beginning, towards the end it was very, very repetitive. Just very repetitive, completely. And I fell out of love with it. Um, it went from being really funny and enjoyable to just boring and repetitive. And number six... Now, it's not a full game, but it's, it's here because I still put like 20 hours into it. Uh, and that is Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores, the DLC that was released in April for Horizon Forbidden West, which is one of my favorite franchises. Uh, Burning Shores brings Aloy and her friends to the shores of Los Angeles uh, in the Horizon timeline. Um, and there's more interaction with the Quen. And you get to explore different parts of Los Angeles. It's really fun. It expands on the story in a great way. Uh, Horizon West Forbidden Shores at number 6. At number 5 is Hi-Fi Rush. A game that literally came out almost a full year ago. And again, I decided to only start playing it in December. Now, this is a game I slept on for way too long. The visuals are amazing. The game is fun to play. Um, make sure you're like fully awake though. Because I tried playing one night and I had had like a drink at dinner. It was my birthday this week. And normally I had been doing very well at timing my hits. So it's a rhythm game. And if you uh, you want to uh, get your attacks to kind of be in sync with the, with the beat. For some reason I could not nail down the beat to save my life. And I was getting D grades across the board. Uh, And normally I was getting like A or or S tier on on the timing. Uh, But it's really fun. And again, the visuals are amazing. The the cutscene visuals are like a cartoon. It's so good. Totally slept on by a lot of people. I think a lot of people forgot about it. Super, super fun game. If you have not played it, it's on Game Pass. If you have an Xbox or a PC with Game Pass. At number four... Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Yes, I put about 50 hours into that game. I did enjoy it. Towards the end, it did get a lot better. I didn't play all the side missions and things like that. I'm sure you could easily put 100 hours into that game. I just, again, got a little bored with it towards the end. So I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was going to just end up hating it more than than I was enjoying it. So that's kind of why... I I stepped away after I finished the main story. Uh, But yes, about 50 hours to do a a good chunk of the game. uh, And explore a bit and things like that. At number 3, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Another game I put quite a bit of time in. Very much enjoyed it. A lot better than the first game. It expanded upon the story of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Survivor is very fun. If you are a big Star Wars fan... I don't know why you didn't play this game. Uh, if you like Souls-like games, you will like this game, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. It does a lot of great stuff. Like I said, with expanding the Star Wars new canon uh, is is essentially what what's going on, right? It's it's all new canon at this point, but it works, and it ties into the the High Republic stuff that Disney. That Lucasfilm, excuse me, has kind of been doing as their initiative across all multimedia. At number two is Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Yes, I enjoyed the game. Yes, I 100%ed it. Yes, I platinumed it, surprisingly, in a short amount of time as well. Uh, uh, And and I'm not knocking the game because it's very fun. And while the first game is one of my favorite games, like of all time, probably top ten. Not top five, but top ten. The second game is fun, but it it's missing something and I don't know what it is, but it it's it's doesn't carry the same weight as the first game. Don't get me wrong, you should still play it. It it just I I think they they pushed all this Venom stuff, but then they kind of made Venom a a like a side character. Yes, he's the main big bad at the end. I, I think they should have devoted more time to Venom than they did. And that was that was my issue with it. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to play as Venom more. They could have done that too. But if the rumors are true, we're getting like a Venom spinoff. So who knows? And at number one, which is quickly becoming the game I've played the most in 2023, Starfield. And I'm not done with it. But I've continued to play it. I was trying to just kind of power through just so I can just finish it. But as I continue to play, I get like pulled into doing more and more side quests and things like that. So I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was at the beginning, even though I did enjoy it very, very much in the beginning. But... It it's growing on me more and more and more. It's something that I didn't expect to dive so deep into, but it it's definitely definitely something I, I can't wait to play more of and keep playing, and I know the DLC's coming at some point. I may end up beating it and doing a second playthrough, which is which is wild. Cause that's not something that that I usually ever do, but we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun in in 2024. I know I've already talked about the different um, the the different games I'm excited for next year. So we'll see we'll see what happens in 2024, and uh, I'll update you guys once I actually beat Starfield but that's it. Let's head on up the five freeway, see what's going on in Hollywood and going on in the TV and film industry. Shall we? All right. So, what if uh, season three has already gotten a teaser I don't think Disney and Marvel meant to release a teaser so quickly but, but uh, yes what if season three Marvel's what if has already gotten a teaser which tells makes me think season three is gonna come out sooner rather than later I don't I don't think we're gonna have to wait till December again for what if season three uh, considering what if season two just ended what if season two? First off, uh, in the tr- the teaser, it shows a mission with Red Guardian, who looks like David Harbor is coming back to voice, uh, and the Winter Soldier, um, Sebastian Stan, of course. But speaking of what if, season two was way better than I expected it to be. It wasn't as cheesy. Amazing voice cast in every episode. I mean, they got Kate Blanchett to come back and play Hela in several episodes. Uh, it, the The episode where what if the Avengers formed in the 80s was great. Uh, They got Lawrence Fishburne to come back. Benedict Cumberbatch had a great role as Strange in several episodes. Jeffrey Wright as great as The the Watcher. Haley Atwell back to voice Captain Carter who seemed to be in more episodes than anyone. Which I very much enjoyed. What if season 2 was leaps and bounds better than the first season. And it it was interesting to have them drop the day after, like one day, the next day, right in quick succession like that. Uh, If you did not watch What If?, you need to go back and watch it because it's really, really good. And the final episode is, is really great as well as we get to see even more characters from the multiverse. And then we get to see Captain Carter get some of the greatest weapons in the Marvel multiverse as well to take on Strange Supreme. Should definitely definitely check it out. Um, Wonka has won the last weekend of 2023 at the box office, uh, earning 23.9 million dollars on the on the final weekend of 2023, bringing its global total to 379 million dollars. And Aquaman took a respectable second place, and even had a respectable 33 percent drop. Even the Marvels didn't have a drop that bad. Um, bringing in $19.5 million, obviously not great for the final film in the DC un- Extended Universe. Uh, but its global total is now up to $251.4 million. Uh, I don't think it's going to reach the heights that its predecessor did at a, mil- a billion dollars. Uh, we got our first look at the still scrapped Coyote vs. Acme movie. Showing Coyote Wiley E Coyote in a courtroom with with um, Will Forte's character. Uh, luckily, it is still being shopped around to other studios and other streaming platforms to hopefully get a release. Uh, John Williams has walked back his his retirement comments, saying that if the right movie came around, he would consider unretiring and scoring another film. So let's uh, let's hope maybe he stays alive and does that Ray movie for Star Wars. And speaking of the Ray movie, uh, comments made by the director are already pissing off the less than favorable people in the Star Wars fandom. Uh, but director Charmine Obaid Chinoy was speaking at uh, where 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 was she? She was at an event. That was hosted by Jon Stewart. And she said when asked about a woman directing a Star Wars movie saying, quote, it's about time. And let me see. She said, I'm very thrilled about the project because I feel that what we're about to create is something very special. Uh, This is to CNN. We're in 2024 now and it's about time that we had a woman come forward to shape a story in a galaxy far, far away. Obviously, that's pissing off. Everyone, I don't care, man. As long as the movie's good, that's all I care about. That's all I care about, people. Just be good. Just be good. Uh George R. R. Martin has uh given an update, not on the winds of winter, but on the nine voyages Game of Thrones spin-off show. And that uh It's Nine Voyages, which was originally going to be a live-action show, is now pivoting to animation, which is now joining a growing list of animated Game of Thrones projects at HBO. And uh, on a blog post, he said, quote, we have moved Nine Voyages, our series about the legendary voyages of the Sea Snake, over from live-action to animation, a move I support fully, unquote. Look, oh, he also said... Quote, budgetary constraints would likely have made a live-action version prohibitively expensive, what with half the show taking place at sea, and the necess- necessity of creating a different port every week, from Driftmark to Lys, to the Basilisk Isles, to Valantis to Corth, to Wellon and on and on. There's a whole world out there, and we have a lot better chance of showing it all with animation. Unquote. So, Nine Voyages would have talked about the Sea Snake, who is uh Cor- what's his name Corliss right Valerian yeah Corliss Valerian Valerion um he is the, the 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 badass dude with the white hair that's in House of the Dragon um so it would have been about his time plundering the seas in in Westeros and Essos and things like that um, Nine Voyages is being developed by Rome creator Bruno Heller. That's a great person behind it. And I get... Um, Steve Toussaint plays him in the in House of the Dragon. I hope he voices the character now. But uh, I really hope... Honestly, it makes sense. Like what George said, it probably got, would have gotten really expensive to film a show at sea. <laughs> and creating different ports and things like that. So I'm not... I'm not opposed to this idea. Animation is fine as long as it's done properly. Warner Brothers Animation is a great team. And I think they can get it done very, very well. Um, but let's, uh, let's see what happens with that moving forward. Uh, Craig Robinson was talking and uh, was asked about the potential of an Office reboot. I know there's been floating around a bit as of late. Uh, He did say that if it does happen, he hopes to play Daryl again, uh, the character he portrayed in its original run, of course. Uh, Iman Esfandi, who wowed the world in a live-action adaptation of Ezra Bridger in Ahsoka, uh, was talking to the Hollywood Reporter and brought up how, while he wasn't a Star Wars fan uh, growing up, he was confident in the fact that he could play Ezra Bridger in live action. Uh, saying, quote, I wasn't a Star Wars person before the show. I just didn't grow up on it. But after we shot the show, I inhaled all of it. I emailed my agent and manager six months prior to my audition and was like, Hey, when they cast for Ezra Bridger, I'm going to play him. So use these pictures. Um, he also said, quote... Um, Oh, uh, he. I guess he had originally auditioned for a character called Riz. They figured out it was Ezra, and he said, quote, The anonymous sides tracked with Disney. So did the character description. And then the character's name was Riz. So we were all pretty sure that it was him. We were like, yeah, that's got to be Ezra, Unquoted. I guess he, he then submitted a self-tape audition saying, quote, I only did one take for each of the scenes, and it just felt right. It felt natural. It felt like Ezra was really there, and I sent it in feeling pretty confident about confident about them seeing Ezra right away, and they did, unquote. And obviously, we all know what happened. Uh, he followed up with all that saying, quote, If I do a second season, I'll be happy. If we also do a movie, I'll be so happy, and I would never need more than that. I'm like Harrison Ford in that way, where I don't need Ezra's story to just live forever. I'd rather his story be concluded in the most appropriate way for his character. So, that if it ends at the movie, I'll wash my hands and thank God and move on. And sticking with Star Wars here, um, Adam Driver has said he is officially done with Star Wars. Uh, speaking on the Smartless podcast, which is hosted by Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, uh, asked if there was any talks about him being involved in more projects in the franchise, saying, "Quote." They're doing stuff, but not with me. I'm not doing any more. You're done. Um, uh, so someone asked him, "You're done because the character's done?" And he said, "Yes." No surprise. I mean, he's a little. He's been a little frustrated as of late. We hear more stories coming out about it, and um, not surprised. I'm okay with that. I mean, realistically, Kylo. Ben Solo, whatever you want to call him. He he died at the end of Rise of Skywalker, so his story is done. And he's only getting older, so it would be weird for him to play a younger version of the character. Um, And now we come to the second story in regards to Steamboat Willie. A new horror film based on Steamboat Willie has been announced. And I'm pretty sure it's from the team behind Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, who's also making... A second movie in that. Um, Yes, so we're getting a horror movie inspired by Steamboat Willie now as well. Now that he's entered the public domain. Outrageous. Uh, We learn that Steven Yoon, who has dropped out of the Thunderbolts. uh, He was set to play a major character in the Thunderbolts. One of the most powerful characters in Marvel Comics. uh, But it looks like due to the delay of the film, due to the strikes... He has had to drop out. Uh, Chad Staleski, the director behind the John Wick films and, and several others, uh, was being interviewed on Josh Horowitz's uh, Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. Uh, saying that he is a huge Star Wars fan. and Saying, quote, I'm a Star Wars guy. The first Star Wars changed my life path. Maybe someday out there. Disney, if you're listening, hit me up in a couple of years. I have a couple of takes for Star Wars. I'd take a swing at that. See if Disney could survive me. (laughs) Um, He also, uh, unquote, he was asked about John Wick, saying it was 96 or 97% of his own film. Um, He said, quote, I've been asked a lot about why do you do John Wick's? Don't you want to try something else? Yes, of course I do, but given the choice I've had and the parameters that were presented to me... As far as those opportunities went, I felt like I could do more and bring something more and do more of what I want and do the fights and the anime and the action more my way by doing John Wick. Um, Why work within somebody else's parameters of what I can feel to be a duel or mythology when I can create, unquote. Um, So I would love to see if he did a Star Wars movie and that would be a cool action movie, or maybe even Marvel or something. I think that would be great. I think he helped on uh, Birds of Prey, if I remember correctly. That would be good. Speaking of Birds of Prey, Margot Robbie has uh, announced that she wants to pass the role of Harley Quinn on to other actresses. During an interview with uh, Variety, Margot Robbie was asked about Lady Gaga playing the character in Joker, Falea Dew. And uh, saying, quote, I always wanted Harley to be a character that would get passed on to other actresses to play, the way there are so many iconic male characters. Harley's so fun and go in so many different directions. You put her in someone else's hands, and it's like, what are they going to do with her? The options are endless. Unquote. I think that's just telling us she's done as Harley Quinn. Even though a lot of characters from James Gunn's the, the Suicide Squad are moving into the new DCU. While I will miss Margot as Harley, I'm excited to see where the character can go in the future. I'm not super excited about Joker, though. I Look, don't get me wrong, I loved the first Joker movie. It, it's dark and, and dreary and a lot of things, but I don't think it needs a sequel. I don't think you want to keep I, I, I don't know. And it, it the sequel being a musical, don't get me wrong, I think Lady Gaga's great. I like her music. I like her as an actress. I just I don't see her as Harleen Quinzel or in a musical. I'll reserve judgment for when the movie comes out in seven months. Um, House has announced that it has completed its merger with Atomic Monster. Uh, and then our biggest story of the movie world. Universal Studios has dethroned Disney as the highest grossing distributor. Mainly in part due to Oppenheimer and Mario. As reported by, by Variety. Um, Universal Distributed Films collected $4.907 billion in worldwide ticket sales in 20. 23 um super mario brothers movie released last april made over a billion dollars at the global box office oppenheimer has grossed over 954 million worldwide i think it's still in theaters in some places uh both films were top three were the top three grossing movies of 2023 oh and barbie was of course number three So none of the highest grossing films of 2023 were from Walt Disney Pictures. Um, Megan didn't rack up any major uh, uh, box office records. It did take in $168 million. A sequel is coming out next year. And uh, Disney did not have a single billion dollar movie this past year or last year across all of its films. While they accumulated 4.827 globally with some films it released, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Little Mermaid, Indiana Jones, Haunted Mansion, The Marvels, uh, it still missed the mark by, wow, only $70 million. If, if Disney had made another $70 million at the box office, it would have beaten Universal by a million dollars. That's wild, man. Oh crap! That's crazy. Crazy, um, but like you can't, you can't say that that's disappointing. That's a that's a ton of fucking money, man. That's so much money. Like I I I don't, I don't, I don't understand. That's nuts. Hey, but movies movies are making money again. That that's what that shows us. That's what that shows us. Before I go on to my top 10 for TV and film, uh, I do want to talk about Aquaman uh, and the Lost Kingdom, Aquaman 2, whatever you want to call it. I very much enjoyed the movie. Uh, Some spoilers, obviously. It is a sequel to Aquaman, and look, the critics are hating it, but the, the user score is quite high, actually. It's in the 80s. I think, and don't get me wrong, I loved Across the Spider-Verse, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I really enjoyed the Marvels. I I am going to say this now. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the best superhero movie of 2023. And I say that because it is so fun. It's it's so fun and funny and lighthearted and it it is like a buddy cop movie. Yes, there's parts where it seems really rushed, but it's overall, it's fun. And the story, I don't think it's convoluted. I mean, we get more of Black Manta, who's one of my favorite comic book villains. Because he, he just looks so cool. He's got awesome powers. But it, it, it it's it's a fun movie. If you liked the first Aquaman, you will more than likely enjoy this movie. What I really enjoyed is the the use of practical sets. You don't get you don't see that a lot anymore on superhero films. Uh, they used a a nice blend of practical sets and CGI. The CGI is really good compared to The Flash. I mean, the both The Flash and Aquaman 2 have a CGI baby in them. Which movie do you think had a better CGI baby? It wasn't The Flash, I can tell you that right now. So, it's again. It's a fun movie. Patrick Wilson as Orm again, great. Him, his his camaraderie, his chemistry with Jason Momoa's Arthur is is so good. Like bad cop, good cop. It's 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 somehow it's perfect. Um, I very much enjoy Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa seemed to ha- be having a, a fucking blast. No surprise there. I, I mean, the man just eats up the screen whenever he's on it. And Amber Heard is barely in it, which, not a surprise. Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, great as Black Manta as ever. Randall Park. This man is now in both the DCU and MCU. His character kind of does like a 180 from the first film, but he he plays it for comedic relief. It's really good. Dolph Lundgren is in this movie more than I thought and more than the, the, the trailers would would lead you believe, but that's fine. He's, he plays Nereus, who is Mira's father. It's, I, think, I think they used him as a stand-in when uh, Amber Heard kind of became persona non grata. Uh, Martin Short showed up in one scene, and I, I very much enjoy... The movie. The, the one thing I will say where they, they maybe lost uh, a great chance was Pilu Azbek, who plays kind of the, the big, big bad. Um, he is a Danish actor. You might have known him from Game of Thrones, uh, where he played Euron Greyjoy, the crazy uncle to, to Theon. Um, but we get to see more of some of the different kingdoms of, of, of the seas. And some more crazy fantastical beasts that live in in that universe under the ocean and things like that. We get to see a, a great use of Aquaman's talking to fish abilities. Even makes a joke about it. I overall loved this movie. Eight out of ten. Yes, it's not a ten out of ten, but I still think overall better than some of the other superhero movies because I just had so much fun. Right. Guardians 3 is like kind of sad, and, and it, it's like an ending point, and it's not a, and a launching pad for a future. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse leaves you wanting more, because it's part one. The Marvels, yes, it's fun, but it, 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 it has a lot of baggage because of the first movie that I didn't like, uh, even though the second one was fun. Aquaman 2 is a fitting end to the DCEU, the Snyder-Verse, whatever you want to call it. Aquaman two is a fitting end. Yes, it's not. There's no mention of other heroes or anything like that, but that that's okay. That's okay, and it it's like I said, it's a fitting end to that universe. I'm totally fine with it. Um, I'm excited for James Gunn's future next year. But if if like I said, if you liked the first Aquaman, you're gonna like this movie. If you hate this movie, I don't know what movie you watched because there's not a whole lot to hate other than maybe the first 30 minutes of the movie the the plot is moving at at light speed and there's a lot of flashbacks to the first movie but overall it's it's fun it's just fun and enjoyable and that's that's what you want in a movie it's a popcorn movie and that's why i liked it that that's it that's it's simple as that man simple as that but let's talk about my top 10s for TV and film all right so Let's do TV first Uh, before I get to my top 10. Big shout out to The Bear, which I finally watched in 2022, the first season at least. And then, of course, the second season came out this year as well. But I finally caught up, loved the show. Uh, 2023, sorry. Uh, And also Ted Lasso, another show I've only started recently watching. I binged season one and two. Love Ted Lasso. I, I don't know why I slept on it for so long. Uh, but big shout-outs to those. Those aren't going to be in my top 10 because they didn't come out last year. So, out of television shows that premiered in 2023, here are my top 10. Number 10, Secret Invasion. And it's number 10 uh, because there were shows that were worse. And while I did enjoy parts of Secret Invasion, it completely dropped the Fucking ball! At the end, it 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 was so god awful. I I just and then Nick Fury in the Marvels is nothing like the Nick Fury in the Secret Invasion. I just so bad, so bad. Uh, number nine is History of the World Part Two. I I've yet to finish. Um, it's 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 decent. Uh, obviously, it shows that Mel Brooks wasn't really the the main writer on it. And it's hard to do, it's hard to emulate him without being him. So, it it, it could have been higher. Number eight is Frasier, the Frasier reboot. The Frasier redo, I, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not really a reboot. Yes, there's been ups and downs. The beginning was, oh god. Uh, but it started to really shine toward the last few episodes. It felt like old Frasier again. So, it could have been higher, but. It it's not. Uh, number seven is Fubar, the great Arnold Schwarzenegger show, where he plays like a retired CIA agent, and he finds out his daughter is, um, his daughter is also an agent. It's really fun and funny. Um. <laughs> uh, at number six is Twisted Metal, because again, uh, some wasted potential, but has the chance to keep going very high with. Uh, a Season 2, I very much enjoyed it. Anthony Mackey was great as, the main, as John Doe, the main character. Uh, I loved Will Arnett as the voice of Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth was, was maniacal but fun. There's uh, I, I can't wait to see where they go with a potential Season 2, uh, even though they kind of drifted from the lore a bit. Number 5, That 90s Show. Uh, it, it had really good episodes. It had really bad episodes. It was also super cheesy in a lot of places. Uh, I don't hold that 70s show in the same nostalgic factor as some other people, so that might affect my ranking of it, but overall it's fun. I'm excited for the second season. At number four, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. A show that I did not expect to be this good. Uh, And you would not expect a Godzilla show... To have such great CGI on television. Yet somehow they pulled it off. Uh, of course it has an amazing cast. Uh, it's very removed from the rest of the, the, the MonsterVerse characters. And things like that. And that's okay. Um, other than the one character in Kong Skull Island. Played by um, John Goodman. Uh, Bill Randa. Uh, it's kind of based around his family and things like that. But it's a very good show if you are a big fan of the MonsterVerse. And Kurt Russell is great in it. And number three, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is one of my favorite movies. Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is not necessarily a retelling, but it's a reimagining of the story. And it's great, especially given the fact that the voice cast of the movie is the cast in the show. At number two, I was very late to this show. Gen V, the first spinoff of The Boys. I can tell you, it can exist on its own and did not need. It was a great show without needing to bring in major characters from The Boys until the latter episodes, and it was great. Gen V, if they keep up the story they're telling... It will be a great uh, accompaniment to the boys. And at number one, no surprise here, Ahsoka. Ahsoka built upon what The Mandalorian and all the other Star Wars shows has been doing. And it did it so well. Ahsoka is a great addition to Star Wars since she first appeared in 2008's The Clone Wars animated film. Um... In the beginning, I wasn't a fan of Ahsoka. She's grown on me since then, of course. But, of course, Ahsoka gave us, finally, a live-action Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is my second favorite character in Star Wars after Darth Vader. So, finally seeing Thrawn on screen, in live-action, played by... um, Lars Mikkelsen, of course, again, after he voiced him in Rebels, was such an amazing treat. I was so happy. And, of course, we talked about um, Amon Esfandi, played a great version of Ezra Bridger. I cannot wait to see where they go in the Mando timeline now in Star Wars Um, in this post-Return of the Jedi world, and now that Thrawn is back in the main Star Wars galaxy. So there you have it, my top ten. Secret Invasion, History of the World Part 2, Frasier, Fubar, Twisted Metal, That 90s Show, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, Gen V, and Ahsoka. Now, on to my top ten, films for 2023. Um, So, and there's some good ones on here. I didn't review all of them on the podcast, but uh, they are movies I very much enjoyed. So if you guys haven't watched them, use this as your chance to uh, go from here to watch them. At number 10, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Like I said, I very much enjoyed this movie. And it was the best superhero movie of 2023 until I saw number 9, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I'm not going to expound on that too much considering I just reviewed it for you guys. At number 8, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Unexpected hit for me that I loved. Very much. Such a great movie. Did not expect it to be so good. Same thing can be said for my number 7 movie, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Did not expect a Dungeons & Dragons movie to be so damn cool, and yet here we are, hoping we get a sequel. Um, at number 6, a movie I just watched recently, They Cloned Tyrone, starring Jamie Foxx, Tayona Paris, and John Boyega. Do not sleep on this movie. Yes, it's a Netflix movie. Do not sleep on it, because it's so damn good. It's like, uh, I said to a friend, it's almost like Undercover Brother, but more modern and like on steroids in a good way, and more sci fi E, And it was very good. Um, also makes you question society and things like that in, in great ways. At number five, the great, the great Wes Anderson released another fun movie told in different vignettes about the same event, Asteroid City. Again, I love the set pieces that Wes Anderson creates, his cinematography. Very good. Asteroid City at number five. At number four, Air, the story about Air Jordans being created at Nike. Jason Bateman, low-key, one of my favorite actors. Low-key, super underrated in a lot of ways. Directed by Ben Affleck, also starring um, Matt Damon. Super fun movie. If you're a sneakerhead like me, you do want to watch this movie. And it's just a good movie in general. Uh, number three, The Creator. Uh, directed by Gareth Edwards. Again, crazy good, great sci-fi movie that they they did on a low budget and it was fun and had awesome world building. And I, I hope I hope hope they continue that franchise in some way. It will be it'll, it'll be worth it if you ask me. At number two, John Wick chapter Four, honestly, one of the best action movies ever made. One of the best action franchises ever made, they found a way to keep getting better with each iteration. When you get four movies deep, sometimes by the fourth, prime example, The Expendables, or whatever the fuck the fourth one's called, Fourables or I don't know. But like, look at John Wick and look at The Expendables and look at where they went. Expendables got worse over time. John Wick kept getting better and better and better. Okay? Great fucking movie. John Wick Chapter 4 is my number two. At my number one is Godzilla Minus One. That movie was so damn good. Some people might have issues with, with, um, with, with subtitles. I get it. But Godzilla Minus One... A is probably the best Godzilla movie, next to Godzilla King of the Monsters. It's probably one of the best foreign films I've watched in a long time. And it's just a great movie overall, especially for the fact they may have done it on a budget that was less than $20 million, and they made that money back in tenfolds. Godzilla Minus One is a return to form for the franchise. It is very reminiscent of the original 1954 film... Obviously, it was done to commemorate the 70th anniversary of Godzilla, which is this year, 1954, 2024. But Godzilla Minus One is my number one film for 2023. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at number 10, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, they clone Tyrone. Asteroid City at 5. Air at 4. The Creator at 3. John Wick Chapter 4. And Godzilla minus 1 at number 1. All right, folks. That was Nick's Nerd New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in week in, week out. I appreciate all of you. Don't forget to check out the website. Subscribe to us on any one of those streaming platforms if you guys want. We're now on YouTube. Follow us on social media. TikTok. Twitter, Instagram, threads, Facebook, all of them. Uh, Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. I will catch you on the flip side. And while I'll normally end it there, I hope you guys' 2024 is off to a great start. Happy New Year. Catch you soon. Listen. Has been a production of Nixoner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you and have a nice day.